Awesome. And I have Stephen Davis here on the podcast today. And uh, I'm super excited to have to have Mr. Davis here on the podcast because he is the owner and uh, CEO of Total Wealth Academy here in Houston, Texas. You know, finances nowadays, I feel like is it is such a critical aspect and it always is. But but now with, you know, inflation and rising gas prices and all the uh, uncertainty that we have in our world today, I feel like this is a super powerful opportunity to have someone like uh, Stephen here on the show to kind of give his expertise and help individuals and families gain financial freedom in their lives. And uh, I'm honored to have you, Stephen, here on the show. And uh, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm really grateful to be here and happy to be here. Awesome, man. Well, let's let's dive right into it. Um, Stephen, what's a little bit of your background, sir? How did you how did you get into real estate? What what kind of was the catalyst to uh, to get you towards that career path? You know, it really came down to a pay cut that I got that woke me up about the dangers of depending solely on a job for your income. What happened was I was working 60, 70 hours a week, and I placed first place in a national sales contest. They sent me to Hawaii for a week, you know, because I'm so good and so valuable to the company. And literally within days of returning, they cut my pay by 20 grand a year. Hmm. And, you know, I was 27. I'm, I'm poking fun of myself, but what's a 27 year old kid do with 70 grand a year? He spends 90, right? You know, a yeah. thing called credit cards. <laughs> yeah. And so when the pay cut came, I got behind on my payments, um, lost my credit. I had no savings because I was a knucklehead and I was reading a lot of books. Um, but one of them Warren Buffett, of course, we all know who he is. He had made a statement that hit me square in the face. He said, never depend on a sole source of income, always invest to create a second. Mm. And I was like, why didn't I see that the first time I read it? Wow. Um, so needless to say, I couldn't sleep at night and I was up on late night TV watching every infomercial that was there. <laughs> Came across real estate, you know, Carlton Sheets, Dave Delgado, Tommy Boo, mm -hmm. all great guys. I learned a lot from each of them. And I took the last of my credit cards and bought every program I could wow. get and just started wholesaling at first because I had bad credit, no money. That's all I could do. Then eventually moved to flipping after I got my credit back in control and my debts paid off. Then I moved to single family rental. I eventually moved to small apartments. My first one was a little 10 unit. Um, it was so cool when I look back on it, 1993, I literally bought that thing for 12,000 a unit Wow! and put about seven in it and didn't know what I was doing because I thought single family was the same as apartments. It's not right. right. So it took me about a year to get it stabilized. About two years, I started showing a profit and then I moved to larger apartments until I was eventually invested in about 4,000 units. Mm -hmm. And I like the 200 plus unit, 200 to 700 unit, uh, the economics of scale come in. Then I learned about a thing called passive investing because I recognized that I wasn't waking up in the morning excited about running an apartment. Right. Um, but I did get excited about teaching and I was teaching at a real estate investor group, mentoring and teaching. And it dawned on me 
that I need to roll over all my real estate into passive where I do nothing and spend all my time, my 35, 40 hours a week, uh, which is a healthy way to work. You know, when you get above 40, you start losing your health. It's mentally, right. yeah, it's bad. Uh, so that's why I created Total Wealth Academy was so I could spend my time teaching, which is what my passion is. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, generally around 4 a.m., I'm wide awake thinking about what I'm going to share on the radio show, what I'm going to share with my members. Whereas when I was running apartments, it, it wasn't the same passion. Mm. So that's what I do. I put all my money in real estate, but passively, and then I spend all my time teaching. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's powerful, Steve. That, that is, uh, so that there's a lot to unpack there and, and yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you giving us the background of who you are because you've been doing this for a long time. It started with a serious challenge. I think a lot of people can relate to being in financial stress and crises, overspending, not having savings. You know, I tell my wife this, you know, before her, you know, I'm, I'm 37 and uh, man, I learned a lot of hard lessons financially. And, you know, when I was younger, I just didn't care. You know, I yeah. mean, I just, <laughs> you think you're going to live forever. You're yeah. going to make money forever. I just, just didn't care. And, you know, I met her and, you know, you start taking things more serious and you, you start looking at life from a different angle. And then I'm like, wow, I, I, I'm really screwing up here. Like I'm making money. But man, I am spending every dollar. I'm not saving. I'm not looking at my budget. I'm not looking at what I'm where my money's going. And you just think it's about making money and you realize it's not. It, it, it's you got to make it, but then you want to keep it and you want to make more of it. And uh, so I, I really appreciate your story. It's, it's powerful. Let's dive into the Total Wealth Academy because it, it looks like your mission there is to teach people how to build a second stream of income with active and a passive real estate investing to create more of a joyful and balanced life. So that's sort of y'all's mission there. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about your academy and, and what you guys are doing to serve, uh, serve families and individuals there. Well, what we do, we, we are an education and mentoring group for everybody. Um, I'm very sensitive, obviously, you can see why, to people who are starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, they've taken a pay cut, they've lost their job. I can work with people like that. And then, but the majority of our members come in with a couple hundred grand sitting in an IRA or stagnating in the stock market. And they, we teach them how to buy single family houses, uh, groups of single family houses, or invest passively in senior living complexes. Um, I think our biggest is 296 beds, mm -hmm. uh, apartment complexes. I think our biggest is like 705 units. And we just walk them step by step through the process with the coaches, with the consultants, so that they get past fear. My biggest thing, I think, that pushed me forward is I became callous to fear. Mm. I, I began going, look, I'm scared to death, do it anyway. And oh. that particular thought process I don't think is easy for everybody to incorporate into their lives. Right. And when they have a mentor, someone right next to them that owns 20 houses already and is going, no, you should buy this little house. 
it gives them the confidence to take action that they wouldn't have if they're on their own. Um, so that's really our main, we're, you know, if you put it in a nutshell, we're here, we're here to help people overcome their fears that's and move forward in the face. Now they should never not be scared. I better be careful how I say this. It's foolish to say, I'm not afraid. You right. should be, because if you're not, you're going to make, you're going to take risks. You shouldn't take, right. you're going to make mistakes. There's a healthy fear, but then there's a debilitating fear. Mm. So you want to have a little bit of fear, but get the information and move forward anyway. So that's, that's what we help people do. Yeah, that's huge. And I feel like with finances in particular, it's a very emotional conversation, right? I mean, it, it's something that it's it's very, it affects every single person that walks this, this planet in this country. Um, it's, you know, I don't know if this is true. This is what you hear, but it's one of the main uh, contributing factors to divorce and family arguments and, and yeah. personal problems and, and stress. And it, it's a really serious thing and very emotional. So I think it's powerful that you guys are kind of helping people overcome that. Um, what are, what, what are some of the biggest fears you feel like people have? Is it, is it not knowing where to start? You know, is it, um, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing or am I going to get a return of mine? I mean, what are some of the biggest challenges you feel like you see people have when they first start with you guys at the Academy? I think you're probably going to get a laugh out of this one. When I finish it, it's fear of loss. And the funny thing is the fear of loss is coming from people who currently have nothing, what? have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hey, I'm broke. Well, invest in real estate. No, something might go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't get much worse than you already right. are. You know, go, right. go ahead and take the risk. You yeah. got nothing to lose. Um, I think fear of loss, uh, fear of failure is huge. And I remember when I was young, I didn't even accept that. I didn't realize how scary it is to write down your goals, because when you do, it holds you accountable. Right. And people are afraid that they're going to make a promise to themselves and not do it. And that equals failure. Yeah. Well, I like Schwarzenegger's point that it's okay to fail. Everybody fails. He had movies that failed. He lost bodybuilding competitions. He refers to Michael Jordan who missed 9,000 shots mm. and they call him the greatest of all time but he missed 9,000 shots right. to become the greatest of all time. Absolutely. So fear of failure. Um, I think those are the two major ones. The fear of owning actual property doesn't seem to be a big factor. A lot of people, they think and understand that it's really just human relationships. And if you're good with people and most, you know, this sounds crazy when I say it, I think most people are pretty good with a certain group of people I agree. and they yeah. realize, man, I could lease to this type person. I could manage this type person. Um, that's not the big fear. It's, it's that fear of loss and fear of failure. Right. Do you feel like, you know, as you guys are helping people um, with their finances and, and grow passive income, is it a lot of it's probably a personal development, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, because it, like, cause I hear you talking about the mindset and I feel like it's really important because for me on my journey, you know, starting off, I, I was a personal trainer for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I loved, I loved my job, but 
I, I never thought about money uh, or finances. I just, I made some money. I paid my bills and I overspent, but it was never, there was a developmental lack that I had financially, but I didn't even, when I got into real estate, all my limiting beliefs came up, you know, all my fears came up, all my crap. I don't really don't know about this, or I'm a little concerned about this things that never popped up at me. But then when they did, I, I had to develop personally, my mindset, um, you know, my attitude, you know, you can even say it's sort of a spiritual process at the same time where it's like, yep. this, like you got to transform your mind, body, spirit into, you know, this is, this is who I want to become. This is what I want to achieve. I need to, I need to get all this gunk out of my head. Do you, do you feel like, is that most of the, the work that you guys are helping people with is just maybe develop the mindset and kind of give them the information, um, yeah, in one of my in my major class, which is a Saturday class, it's about eight hours long. I spend at least two and a half hours on mindset. Mm. Um, I look at it. If you look at our logo, it's an elephant coming out of eight rays of light. Oh, it's right behind me. Yeah, and each of those rays of light represents a different part of a balanced life: fitness, romance, family spirituality, which you mentioned, which is so important, um, career, wealth, you get those eight quad, eight quadrants, eight sections, we turn it into a circle, circle of life. And you need to spend time in each of those. So one of the things we do at Total Wealth Academy is we don't just teach them how to buy real estate. We have classes on romance, on fitness, on nutrition, because I'll give you an example out of the Saturday class. I spent an hour on exercise. Mm. I was a personal trainer for five years. Wow. I should have told you that. Yeah. Um, I loved it. When you took a woman whose husband hadn't made love to her in six months, 80 pounds overweight and help her lose 80 pounds. That is one of the most rewarding Man. things in the world. It when is. they come in a totally transformed person and they're in tears hugging you, Man, that's rewarding. I, I, I bet you had that happen and it's yes. almost addictive. You don't want to leave that career because it's yes. so rewarding. Yes. But anyway, I, I do teach people, you know, you want your spirituality in check. You want your charities involved in your life. You want your you want to be involved in charities. You want your career, you want your wealth, which is your investments, you want your fitness. Plus, I don't even see how people can do this without being fit. Because they come home from work, five, eight hour day, nine hour day, and they're tired. Right. It's like, right. you got to understand if you're tired after an eight or nine hour, you're out of shape. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's going to be hard to build a second stream of income if you're not taking care of yourself. I love this. The way Stephen Covey puts it, it's sharpen the saw uh, in seven habits of highly mm -hmm. affected people. The question is, when, when you talk about exercise, have you ever been driving so much that you didn't have time to stop and get gas. Yes. You not exercising is without a doubt, the most ridiculous concept in the world. Yes. It increases your energy levels, increases your sex drive, makes you feel good, makes you look good, reduces the risk of 135 age related diseases, wow. including Alzheimer's, yes. which it's Progressive resistance exercise is the only thing they know that slows or stops Alzheimer's. Yes. Not everybody's doing it. Right. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. It is a complete person that we're trying to help 
them create because I know people, I knew a guy, $815 million in the bank when he blew his head off. Oh my God. Unbelievable. He had lost contact with his spouse. He had estranged his children. He was traveling all the time and he just, he got overweight and he just lost all the other parts of a balanced life. Mm. No, at Total Wealth Academy, we are teaching them the whole circle, all eight parts of a balanced life. I love that, Steve. I feel like that is, that's the truth to life. That is what, that's the, that's the formula for success. I, I feel like some of the frustrations that I see, you know, uh, when I'm, you know, looking out into the social media world that we live in nowadays is, you know, it's just about the Lamborghini or it's just about the money or it's just about right. this. And it's the like the symbols, but it's like, man, there's so much work behind the scenes that goes into building something successful, like having a successful business. You got to be a certain type of person. You have to live a certain type of life. You have to learn certain type of things. And there's so many factors. And I love the fact that you that you're uh, addressing those topics with your with your uh, your students in your academy, because that's the truth. You know, it would be easy just to say, hey, join the academy. I'm going to show you how to do some deals and you're going to make some money. But there's so many other factors that go into that and that actually will help their success in the real estate. And I, I love the fact that you address all those. I think that's super powerful. I think it's hard. You know, yeah. I think it's hard. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's a tough thing, man, because a lot of, I think as humans, that's one of our, even myself, it's like, you know, it's, it's tough to be accountable for a lot of stuff. It really is. And like you said, I think that's one of the biggest, the biggest challenges as people that we have, but it, having people like yourself and your mentors and, and your teachers in your academy to help support, it, it's an accountability, but you're supporting, you know, them yeah. in, in their process too. And I think it's, um, let me tell you a quick story. Yes. Yeah. You're fit. You take care of yourself. Um, one morning I had to call a group of 20 syndicators. These are the leaders of the apartment complexes, the self-storage complexes, the senior living. I only got a hold of nine of them. Guess where eight of them were? At the gym. Yeah. And I'm pretty convinced the other 11 didn't answer their phone because they were at the gym. <laughs> yes. And I was like, you people have to understand. And there, we have their pictures all on the wall in our main seminar room. I go, mm -hmm. look at those pictures. What do you notice consistent? They're all fit. It's a full yes. body shot of each of them. Yeah. They're all fit. They all are leading a balanced life. Mm -hmm. That's who I like to invest with is people who have a balanced life. And the funny thing is that means they've got a lot to lose. Right. And I love to invest with people who have a lot to lose if they don't do well. Right. I like them to have families. Um, Devin Elder, one of the sponsors, syndicators, that guy's family is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. His whole character is phenomenal. He's fit. He loves his wife. I mean, it just, man, I'll give him money anytime he wants it. Right. Because if he's doing a deal, he's going to be progressing that what lifestyle. And right. he's got a lot to lose if he does a bad deal. So he's not going to do one. Right. I love that. And it's so true because you got, you got skin in the game and it's not yeah. just about you. You know, when you got family and you got other people that you're responsible for, you pay attention to, to everything, you know, and uh, I, I love that. Let's Steve, let's talk about, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's perfect timing. It's relevant to all the stuff that's kind of going on in our country 
financially. What um, first? Let's talk about your financial philosophy. What, if in a nutshell, what would be your financial philosophy that you have that has helped you create success in your in your business and career? It's two counter. I, th I think the word is counter uh, intelligence, or whatever. I, I'm not sure what the word is, but counterintuitive. First thing, I don't buy anything that doesn't cash flow. Mm. If if the investment doesn't produce cash flow, to me, it's not an investment; it's speculation. Okay. And second, it would have to be. I want to help and serve people in a way that I get something out of it. Not just money though. Yeah. I remember going to an apartment complex that one of my students had bought and this little Spanish lady who couldn't speak a word of English comes out yelling and she's, you know, a grandmother yelling in Spanish at me. And she comes up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, something went wrong. So she's mad. She's about to kick my butt. Give me a lecture. She comes up and she hugs me. Her daughter comes up and goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, no worries. I'll take a hug anytime I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, did you know that her grandkids couldn't play outside at this apartment complex before you guys bought it? There were so many drug addicts, so many drug dealers, and it was not safe. Now her kids play outside at night. They've got a giant, we put in a giant play area, two of them. And she was just in tears. I want whatever I'm doing. I want to be able to get that type of benefit from it mm -hmm. because that felt as good as helping that lady lose 80 pounds. Right. It, it just that thrill. So those are my two main factors. It's got a cash flow. If it's not cash flowing, then it's probably speculative and there has to be a reward or, and it's not just the money. Right. Because if you make a bunch of money and you're harming people, that's not going to work. It might right. work in the short term for some thief or something, but a good person wants that reward of helping and serving other people. The Dalai Lama put it this way. The purpose of our life is to be happy, but there's a catch. You're not going to be happy if you aren't helping and serving others. Mm. So that that's two of my philosophies. I love it, Steve. That's that's powerful, man. I love it, and I, I think it's it's a it's 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 a very balanced approach because you know you're you're making money, but but also you're looking for that emotional currency as well. You know that that that, that emotional. That's a good word for it. Emotional yeah, currency. Emotional currency. Because I think it's so so important. Because I'm I'm with you. I mean, we uh, we do you know we 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 turn and turn deals and and sometimes you can get caught into the you know just willing and dealing and moving deals but i had to stop a foreclosure uh may 2nd of this month and the guy the seller didn't freaking tell us that he was we thought it was going to be in june and uh anyways we got notified by the title company and i a miracle happened we we freaking stopped it but it was may 1st we stopped it and it was going in foreclosure in uh, uh harvard georgia oh my and, god it just felt good, man. It felt good to, you know, he's like, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. And, and like now he's able, he's going to be able to, to sell the house, get cash at closing, you know, pay off his, his mortgage, pay off his, uh, you know, his, his uh, back payments. Um, it's a good deal for us. We're going to make money on it. And it's just, 
it felt really, really good. Not, I wish every deal that we did was like that, but yeah, you know, but I love, I love what you're saying because that is, that's a powerful philosophy. And I think you can't go wrong with that, with that philosophy. Um, I'd like to share something. Yes. I think a lot of people look at investors that buy pre foreclosures as vultures. And I think some of them are, Yes, but the majority the successful ones are not going in there into that family's home trying to make money. They're trying to solve that family's problem. Absolutely. I remember a little family um, so kind to me, gave me coffee, tried to cook me breakfast and they go into tears. And I said, look, you don't understand what's going on here. I'm going to help you stop the foreclosure. I'm going to get you some moving money. We're going to save your credit and as soon as you get back on your feet, you can buy another home. Absolutely. I said, if you let this thing go to foreclosure, you're going to have seven years. You're not going to be able to buy a home. And by the time that deal was done, I, I want to say she must have emailed me, texted me seven times how grateful she was and that this was changing her life. Man, that's rewarding. And that's a good wholesaler. That's a good flipper. If you got a flipper or a wholesaler that just goes in there trying to rip the family off and get every dime out of the deal they can, those are vultures. Yes. And But I don't see them succeeding. No. I see people like you, like Curtis, we were talking about earlier, yeah. people who really care. They want to solve a problem. Absolutely, Steve. And I think that type of mentality uh that that is that 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 does exist unfortunately in our in our business but i think it it, it exists on all industries and businesses um but they don't stick around i I just don't i don't feel like with that type of mentality of going in with with that type of mindset you can stick and stay in this business long term i think eventually it just doesn't work out for you i believe in sort of the law of the way the universe works, right? I, I think eventually yeah. just, you just weed yourself out and, and it could be both, you know? And I think being able to go in and you're absolutely right. You're solving a problem. You're, you're, you're stopping a foreclosure or whatever it may be. You're helping that family. It, it's financial profitable for you and for them. It's a win-win. That's the way business should be conducted. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, not not everybody does that, right? But but those people kind of weed themselves out, and I, I think and I think time. I always say, you know, time is the greatest equalizer because I mean, I mean, if if someone can yeah. stand the test of time, okay, they're they're legit. <laughs> but, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. You know, um, awesome. See, so this goes into my next question. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you're seeing? Um, with people today financially? What are some of the biggest issues you see? There's one major one that's going on right now. You know, you're watching the stock market come down. Uh, people are, and I, I was reading multiple articles on it, and two or three of them said people are shocked at what's going on in the stock market. People are worried. People are scared. I got to tell you, I'm shocked that people are shocked. Well, yeah. This is the natural way of the stock market. Over the last 115 years, there's been 18 events like this. Why do people think it's not going to happen to them? Well, do they literally think that it's going to keep going up? So the big misconception is the problem. 
I think it is clear to most people that are wealthy, let me be very careful here, that the stock market was never designed as a wealth building tool. It was designed to keep up with inflation for the investor. The owners of the company get wealthy, but the investors, it's just to keep up with inflation. So if you look historically, the stock market over the last 75 years has averaged 7.5% rate of return. That is not a bad rate of return right. if you're satisfied with that. I'm not. Right. But if you look at the stock market as a 7.5% rate of return, you have what's called a realistic expectation. Here's the big problem, the answer to your question. Everybody has unrealistic expectations about the stock market, mutual funds, crypto, silver, mm -hmm. gold. They expect that to be a wealth building tool when it's really just keeping up with inflation oh. and it does a great job of it. But you've got to be willing to deal with the ups and downs. They come. It's not if, it's when. Whereas with real estate, which I consider a true investment, all those things I listed are speculation. Okay. Buy low, sell high. That's the only way they make money. You buy it, you hope that it goes up in value. Right. Whereas with real estate, you got a thing called cash flow. So you go back to 2007 and eight when the collapse came. I was in close to 4,000 units at that point, and they all dropped in value. Now, I'm just making up numbers. If that was $200 million worth of real estate, it was now only worth $150 million. Did right. I care? No, because the cash flow, 80 grand a month, was still 80 grand a month. Right. Absolutely. And it kept coming in. And then an amazing thing happened. It went up. Mm. Why? Because all the people losing their homes were moving where? Into, Into rent houses and apartment complexes. Yes. Exactly. So the rents were going up. So continued cash flow. And then it's not if real estate's going to crash, it's when. But the wonderful thing is for both the stock market and real estate, it's not if it's going to recover, it's when. And right. it did. Right. So the power of real estate compared to speculating in the stock market, mutual funds, and things like that is that cash flow. When the downtimes come, you don't care. The cash flow is still there. And it allows you to live in the reality that it is going to go up and down and you don't worry about it. Right. It's, and there, so one, they shouldn't be shocked because it's been doing this for a hundred years. And two, they shouldn't worry about it because you're worrying about something you can't control. And it. that is never healthy. So when you combine those two, those, to me, that's the biggest problem in the United States financially for the average American. That's huge, Steve. I, so as you're saying that, I'm, I'm literally processing it and, and sort of like having my internal yeah. dialogue. And this is, this is financial literacy, though, right? Yes. I mean, this is, I mean, this is financial IQ. I mean, and as you're talking, I'm listening to you. I'm like, light bulbs are going off in my head because I'm where I'm at in my life. I have a pretty successful real estate company where we wholesale, we, we, we fix and flip. Pretty good at it. But I'm learning about everything you just said, real investing, 
building cash flow, building a real estate portfolio. And so what I'm hearing is, is stock market, mutual funds, gold, silver, those are really just hedges against inflation. That's all it is. It's that there's, it's not true investing. So when, if you, you know, I was looking at gold the other day, I was like, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, maybe we should go buy some, gold. I'm always talking like, you know, just like, you know, you're like, hungry. Yeah. You're yeah, hungry. Yeah, I can yeah, tell, you know, and I'm, I'm that's the, the way to be the, the price of uh, the ounce, you know, ounce of gold and a, a kilo of gold and all this stuff anyways. And, but what I'm hearing you say is that's really not an investment. It's just protecting my, my dollar. So versus keeping it in a bank and inflation destroying the, the, the purchasing power of yeah. my money, I'm, I'm putting it into, a, you know, gold, silver, stocks, bonds or whatever. And then that just kind of keeps it equal. Is that kind of what you're saying? It's Yeah, it, it does a little bit better than inflation. Okay. You can't complain about a seven and a half percent rate of return if you're satisfied with that. Right. But you do have to do the math and multiply it out and figure out what you're going to have at 65. Okay. And from the 95% of the people, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. The seven and a half percent rate of return will not get you where you need to be by 65. The 5% of Americans who do retire wealthy, they all have second streams of income. They all invested for cash flow. And the majority of them used real estate to do that. Wow. That's, that's huge. This is such a you know, as I'm on this journey in life, I, it's such a disconnect with financial literacy. It's really, it's really amazing. Um, it, exactly what you just said. I think most people, if they heard you say that, that aren't in this space, they'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, I thought that that was an investment. I thought that that's, you know, and, and I think it's, it's, um, it's powerful that, that we're, that you're talking about this and helping people. And, and even for myself, I'm learning stuff on this, on this uh, podcast, what are, um, so now that's the biggest issue is basically what you were saying is financial literacy and IQ of understanding what's a real investment, what's not a real investment. What are some ways that say the average, the average family out there, they, uh, household income is, you know, I don't say 90 grand between husband and wife. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like, they're, they want to make a change. How do they start creating momentum in their life financially? What would the first step be? The first step is self-education. Um, one, one thing that the poor and the middle class are slaughtered with is the fact that they're poor and middle class, so they pass on poor and middle class ideas. Mm -hmm. There's a phrase out there, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and it implies that the rich are doing something to hurt the poor. They're not. They're too busy driving their Ferrari to the tennis club. <laughs> Right. So what's happening is the poor and the middle class pass on poor and middle class beliefs to their kids. The rich are passing on rich beliefs to their kids. I'll give you an example. When my son was seven or eight, I gave him a copy of the richest man in Babylon and had him read it. And he had asked me a few times, how come we have certain things? Why do we have a Ferrari? Why do we travel a lot? Why are we this? I said, it's because I built a second stream of income. You got to build one too. Now that's at right. seven and eight right. at nine, 10, 11, 12. I go, don't forget about that second stream of income, 13, 14, 15. Got to have a second stream of income. <laughs> the kid graduated college with $4,000 a month in second stream of income oh, from his 11 rent houses. Goodness, that's unbelievable. And it's not because he's smarter or more hardworking. He just was told the right things to do. Oh. And my suggestion is 
if the poor and middle class will educate themselves by reading, listening to books, I, I'm a slow reader, so I always get the audiobook and the book, and I listen to it in the car, and I read it. Um, reading is it. It's self-education. And one of the things that people miss is that if you're not reading nonfiction books, you are by default trial and erroring it through life. Mm. That is the slowest way to learn. When you could pick up Ben Franklin's autobiography and in a week get 84 years of experience, wow. you can't beat that. Absolutely. So people need to self-educate. We are responsible for our financial education because high school and college doesn't teach it at all. Right. And if they do, I never saw it. Right. when I was there. Right. So you've got to, you would have to know which courses to take, which professors uh, to get with. You just, it's very difficult. Jim Rome said it, formal education, high school, college will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. So reading, attending seminars, joining investor groups, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, that's the key to it. I love it, Sue. That's 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 powerful. Self education, and it and it's it's nowadays we're we're in the information age. It's everywhere, but I feel like sort of maybe people don't value the information as much because it's so prevalent. You know, I don't I don't know, but I think that it's a key a key thing is it you 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 identified the problem, which is financial literacy and being shocked at the stock markets going down. That 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 is connected to not a a, a clear understanding of you know, having how a, it works, a, right. How it works and self-education is the answer. What um, you're an avid reader and you, you just mentioned that what was maybe like one of the first books that you read on your journey that just oh, light goes all the way off. back to 16. Yeah. Okay. I read Zig Ziglar. See you at the top. Okay. <laughs> My mentor, Colonel AI Thomas, U S Marine Corps retired. Uh, he gave me that book. It was on his desk and I asked if I could read it and he said, sure, just keep it. Uh, cause I've got, he had multiple copies of it. I read that book and I went, man, life is different than what my parents are teaching me. So then I read, uh, probably the most life-changing book was 30 years ago. I got a copy of the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm. And I was a very insecure, very fearful type person. And once I read that book and recognized that about myself, and implemented the solutions in the book, it changed everything, everything. So seven habits of highly effective people. Then the third, and I'll stop is rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. yes. That was when I realized that all my real estate was dependent on me. If something happened to me, the business would go out and I needed to start doing passive in passive investing where those apartment complexes didn't need me to run it just those three books. Amazing. Absolutely. Rich dad, poor dad. I, I read that, uh, 2015 and, and this was right when I was getting out of the personal training. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gym head all day. I'm, I'm bench pressing, I'm drinking protein shakes. And I'm like, I have this epiphany, like, man, there's more, like I, 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 yeah. I want more. And, uh, I was recommended Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I read that book, Steve, and it pissed me off because yes. I was like, <laughs> it ruined you. I was so angry because I'm like, 
I don't know anything. This is, I've been lied to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I remember, man, I remember, I I can even, I'm going back and even think I was in my room. I just, you know, it was a lot of, I was frustrated and excited at the same time because I realized that all the information that I was taught and, and and it wasn't on purpose, you know, like you said, yeah. The, the poor in the middle class, they pass on poor middle class ideas. And that's how I grew up. And I was just, you know, I just took in what, what my parents did and, and they did the same. But when I read that book, I was like, I cannot believe, like, it was just, it was, it was a very, uh, very transformative uh, time in my life. And um, this, the uh, Stephen Covey book, I need to read, I've read that one time. I need to go back to that because you're the second person in the past two weeks that have said the same thing about the highly, uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, I need to go back and read that. Cause I know that's yeah. a really, really powerful book. What, um, what are some of your habits, Steve? What are some of the things that you do before we wrap up the, the episode that, that help you stay the course, you know, that help you. Uh, Cause obviously a lot of people, you're leading a lot of people, you're teaching a lot of people you're mentoring a lot of people. What are some of the things that you do to kind of help you stay, um, stay on top of your game, you know, on a weekly basis or a daily basis? Well, I didn't, I'm going to refer to Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he talks about being grateful. I always had a challenge with being grateful because I felt like if I was grateful, I would lose my edge of Mm. wanting more and to do better. That's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. But the way he explained it, being grateful for what you have doesn't mean you let go of your goals, right? You're allowed to be grateful for where you're at. When I look at my life, I've got a 35 year marriage. I've got a 30 year old son who actually is on my radio show with me. He actually does the Wednesday show. Awesome. Um, a daughter with two incredible grandkids, and she's helping me out at the company as well. I've got so much to be grateful for. It's ridiculous. And I still have my goals. So I think it comes down to two things. These would be my two most effective habits. One, I wake up in the morning and I'm grateful. And two, I review my written goals every week or two. Wow. Now, when I first wrote them down, I did it every day. But now I've got them, you know, pretty much gelled in my brain. But written goals and being grateful are the two most powerful tools in my life to keep me pushing forward. I love that, Steve. That is, you know, that I feel like what, what you what you just said is you're content and grateful for where you are, but you're still striving for the next yes. chapter. And I think that's a sweet spot, man. That is a sweet spot. And I think I've struggled with that because I'm with you. Like, yeah, I'm like, man, I mean, hold on, dude. I mean, I can't, if, if I'm grateful, I'm going to get lazy and I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> You yeah, there's a difference between grateful and complacent. Absolutely. There's yes. a difference between grateful and being satisfied. Yes. I'm not satisfied, but I'm grateful for what I got. Absolutely. That's powerful, man. That's powerful, Steve. Well, man, this this was this was uh this was awesome, man. I I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you being appreciate here with you. me today. And and uh I'm excited uh for our event in june here in houston with ricardo and 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 getting to meet you in person and 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 and, uh see you speak how can how can people reach out to you directly if someone's if they're interested in growing their wealth 
uh, maybe they're already an investor or maybe, you know, they just want to kind of uh, get into that space. How can they, you know, reach out to the Total Wealth Academy and get connected with you guys? Well, there's two ways. The first is, of course, the website, TotalWealthAcademy.com. Okay. TotalWealthAcademy.com will give you an overview of what we are. You'll see our mission statement, how we do it and what we do. Then we offer a free sample class, and that would be the first step. But I'd like to offer your viewers um, a book. I've got a PDF book mm. of The Richest Man in Babylon. Wow. And all they have to do is email me. Just put book. You don't have to say anything. Just put book in the subject line, and I'll know to send it to you. Just steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Say, I want that book. That book is... The starting point for my son, I believe it's a starting point for most people. Awesome, Steve. With that, I love it, man. That's powerful stuff. I'll have that in, in the notes on the episode. Um, thank you, man. Thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. you for your knowledge and uh, looking forward to connecting more in the future, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Bye.